We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. What we do not do is spy unlawfully on Americans. We are leaving in 2014, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. You are listening to Biting the Bullet. With What's up, everybody? We are back at Biting the Bullet. It's been uh, been a couple weeks since we've done a show. We've had some family stuff going on, so forgive us for that. But today, we're going to be talking about Candace Owens, Shane Gillis on SNL, Maybe a little bit of Trump stuff later on, uh, just because it's funny. And before we get into all that, I just need to say, go check us out on 5 Till Midnight. It's another show that we help run with our friends, um, Adam Nutter, Samuel Urban, Kyle, can't say his last name still. Matogic, I think. <laughs> uh, <like> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. It's 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a live show. You can find us on YouTube and Twitter. It's usually streaming to our uh, podcast page on Twitter. If you uh, don't want to use YouTube or any of that stuff, you can chat and talk to us and all that fun shit. Um, but it's a really good time. So please go and enjoy us on there as well. You'll hear us every week. We're actually there every week. Um, at least one of us is there every week. So if you're not getting the bite in the bullet that you want, you can see us on there. And it's just just a shit-talking podcast, basically. We try to double down on the dumbest shit to make it funny, and uh, we have a good time doing it. So go check that shit out. Um, other than that, Shane Gillis, SNL. That was fucking... The monologue was good. The monologue was good. I didn't watch the whole thing. You watched the whole thing. We talked about it a little bit before the show. But uh, the monologue was hilarious. I loved it. Uh, we could get into the monologue, but I don't think I can sit and watch a whole SNL show anymore. I used to love SNL. I'd watch it every Saturday night as a teenager. Fucking loved SNL. And I don't think I've watched a full episode since I joined the Marine Corps, to be quite honest. I didn't even watch the whole Chappelle episode when he was on there, uh, when he came back, finally. I just watched his monologue because that's all I really cared about. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy because we, I mean, uh, I think Shane Gillis is hilarious. I love his, I think he's I listen to stuff. some, I've listened to podcasts he's been on. I like his uh, stand-ups that he's done. I think they're, they're really good and his specials on Netflix. And I thought, again, I thought his monologue was good too, but it's like SNL is so like unfunny that it made Shane Gillis unfunny to me. Yeah. Like, like the skit, like don't, the his skits were bad. Good. But the, the skits, skits were, were bad, bad, just all around bad. Yeah, like there was like maybe a few parts that were funny, and certain ones were better than others. But overall, like trash. It was just bad. I they I, just weren't like they didn't. Uh, you know how I remember SNL is like either the skits had nothing to do with anything politically or anything in any type of way. And they were just like a funny skit, you know, like, like the Chris Farley bit that we were talking about earlier, it didn't really have anything to do with like 
society as a whole. It was just a mm-hmm. funny skit that somebody came up with and Chris Farley took it and made it his own and did the most crazy thing or, you know, even cowbell with uh, what's his face. I can't think of his name right now. Um, it wasn't Travolta. I can't remember who did the cowbell skit right now, but you know, like that one had nothing to do with anything. Um, that was with uh, Steve Carell too. <laughs> wasn't it? It wasn't Steve yeah. Carell in that skit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, you know, like there's, there's just, uh, it used to be so funny. It didn't have to be about anything. And it felt even the skits that they did last night, it felt like they were really trying to paint, Shane Gillis as the Midwesterner and just always did him as the Midwesterner in a fucking liberal setting that the HR meeting one was pretty good. I'll yeah, give that you that funny. The HR yeah, meeting yeah, yeah. one was pretty funny. Um, and you know, the other problem is, is I like, I like Keenan from, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's funny. Keenan Thompson, I think his last name Good. is. Yeah, the two Keenan and Kel, that's the only one black guys, uh Keenan Thompson and Michael Shea, Shea? I think his yeah. name is. He those guys are pretty funny. They're like, funny. But other than other than other those than two, that. I like like that Asian guy, um, he actually yeah, he got was... hired on with Shane Gillis to mm. SNL. And well, he's garbage. Is Shane is way funnier. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't like that guy at all. And it's funny, too. It's kind of ironic because he, him, him and Shane got hired on together. And then that guy, that guy's Asian. And Shane got fired because of Asian jokes that he made oh on God. the podcast. So it's kind of like kind of funny. But it's just weird because, uh, at least to me, it's like you kind of come watch. Like, I didn't really know who, I, to be honest, I didn't really know Shane Gills that much until he got fired from SNL. From SNL. And yeah. I was like, well, that was at the then, beginning of his career. I mean, there's a yeah. there's a video out there where it's like um it's Dave Chappelle and he brings up Shane Gillis at one of his like open mic nights or something that uh Dave Chappelle was doing. And he's like, I'm gonna introduce you guys to a really funny guy. He's he's hilarious and he's like, I don't usually make requests. He's like, but Shane Gillis, come on up here. And he's like, I, I don't usually do requests, but I want you to do I want to do a request for I heard one of your jokes and it was, it, it's your Trump joke. And he like got him to do it. And he was like, this guy got in his, when he's introducing Shane, he's like, this guy got fired before he even did a show on SNL, but he's one of the funniest mm-hmm. guys I know. And uh, it's like a shitty video because, you know, it's in like, you know, one of the, it's probably in, I don't know, house of comedy or some one of those like bigger ones where, you know, Dave Chappelle shows up every once in a while and does like a, a quick, quick, 30 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever. And so mm-hmm. he brought up Shane Gillis, but he was literally one of the guys that got canceled before getting canceled was really a thing. Um, in like the early, early 2020, I think it was when he got fired, but it was like at the start of his career. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, uh, and yeah, it's just kind of cool to watch someone. So like, you know, in comedy, I mean, maybe I'm biased. I don't really know. But in comedy, like Shane Gillis is someone that I think of when I think like really good comedians nowadays. Yeah. And it's pretty cool to watch him get fired from SNL. And then that Asian guy go on and be on SNL. And no one really knows who that Asian guy. Is. I don't even know his name. I, don't even know his, I can't I can't tell you his name. I just it's know him Asian or something. Guy. I don't know. <laughs> now we're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think that's I think that's the joke he made. He made he said something like that about like their names or something. I know, and the funny the funny part is is like I actually don't remember exactly what the joke was that he made, um, but he said like much worse stuff, like oh, yeah. way worse stuff than the stuff he got canceled for. And so it's like if they would have, he's like if I think he even said one time he's like if I, if it wasn't that that got me canceled, they would have found something way worse, and I definitely would have gotten canceled. Like, like it's just, yeah, um, but it's pretty cool that. That basically the ASNL had to admit and assert not like not like uh, like basically symbolizing that like Shane Gillis is so funny and so popular that we actually have to invite him on the show and it's almost yeah. like an admission of like maybe we should have hired him or an admission yeah. of like he's actually funnier and we should have maybe because it's like how can you cancel someone because their joke was so abhorrent or whatever but then whatever it is five six years later invite him on as a host and so it's like so he is funny you know he is like he, he did get bigger in a sense than like the <laughs> snl guys where they had to invite him on to as a host because he was just so big and and he got to say like i don't know if you guys probably don't know me but uh i got fired from here <laughs> like in the <laughs> beginning of his monologue dude at the beginning of this monologue he brought it up which is awesome i didn't think he was i thought that was going to be like a taboo thing that like they weren't gonna either let him say it or he was just like i'm not i'm just gonna stay away from it because they invited me back on but he said it and it was like that's that's cool like at least at least he was he kind of stayed true where he was like yeah like i was definitely fired from this show like you know yeah but uh i guess so the this is from uh nbc news i guess but the jokes that resurfaced stem from gillis podcast with uh comedian matt mccusker matt and shane's secret podcast in one episode gillis and mccusker riffed about chinatown gillis used a slur and immediated a chinese imitated a chinese accent by using the word neuters instead of noodles (laughs) and he said let the fucking chinks live there (laughs) Uh, he was he was hired at the same time as bowen yang who's the show's first american Ah. cast uh, asian american cast member um people online pointed out the irony in casting at the time um yeah and that's why that's why he was fired um it's just it's just crazy you know shane gillis is one of the funniest guys right now and he's kind of doing like the the conservative movement comedy i guess like if you if you could call it that i don't think he's mm-hmm. you know a straight up conservative i think he's more middle of the road politically probably um but he's a traditional midwesterner comes from you know a midwest family his dad's a fucking <laughs> volunteer girls high school assistant <laughs> basketball coach uh yeah. you know he's like he doesn't he fits the uh, the mold. He fits the Trump mold, if that makes sense. You know, the all American man made mold, yeah. mold from he, the Midwest. And he doesn't. He doesn't like a lot of uh, like more liberal Trump hating. Like like when the when it was like popular to like make all these Trump jokes or whatever. Like you can kind of 
tell that when like liberal comedians are making fun of like Trump supporters or conservatives, like yeah. they like they mean what they say. Like they're like saying like they're dumb and stupid and yeah. And I think they're not doing just, it as a joke. Yeah, he just kind of like he's he under like I think it's just because he understands them. Like the, that's the people he grew up with. Like that's yeah. his family. So he do, it doesn't like when he makes fun of them or anything. He's not doing it from a place of like I hate you. And I yeah. think people like that. Like they just want someone that doesn't hate them. Like I think that's yeah. like literally the standard for like right wing is like, <laughs> hey, does this guy hate me? Or yeah. is he okay? Is Lisi, can he tolerate my existence? Like that's yeah. the standard nowadays. And yeah. I think that's why Shane's so popular is because it's like <laughs> it sounds funny, yeah. but it's like the uh the argument that conservatives have made for um <laughs> uh Gaza and Israel this for like the last 10, 15 years. Like if uh if Israel laid down their weapons tomorrow they'd be overrun if gaza laid down their weapons today there'd be peace in the the region for the first yeah. time in 200 years like that's how it feels with conservatives and democrats right now where democrats are like if if democrats laid down their weapons tomorrow there'd be peace in the region for 100 years if conservatives yeah. laid down their weapons today there tomorrow they'd be democrats and in gulags yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's the same yeah, shit. I like, that's how it feels. I don't really agree with the Gaza part of that, but I feel like yeah. it's pretty fucking true for the Republican Democrat fucking population yeah, I, right now. Well, that it's like, it, it's, I think, uh, comparing it to like why, why people love Trump, like conservatives love Trump, is just because it's clearly just doesn't hate them. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't, like, that's all the standard is. Like, if, if these people don't hate me, I, I'm okay with it. And that's yeah. like, doesn't matter if they're what their politics are in a lot of ways too i mean i'm sure there's certain things that would be like they wouldn't accept but like most of the time like trump's pretty liberal on a lot of a lot of like issues social issues and stuff like that he just doesn't hate them and yeah i think that's what that's why shane gillis is very popular like he just doesn't hate his people or hate hate (laughs) conservatives or yeah and he he can still make fun of the idiosyncrasies of the population like that's the whole point that's what comedy is about right like it's about like bringing some truth that's out there and kind of inflating it so it's funny so it makes it funny and it's like yeah he's like i come from a long line of coaches and then makes fun of his dad for being a girls high school assistant basketball coach like that's it's not he's not making fun of his dad like he is but it's not because he's a girls high school fucking assistant basketball coach it's just like a he's inflating it to make it funny because it's like oh this is what old white dudes in the midwest do when they're retired like this is it's kind of a thing like it happens like it's a it's a stereotype that's funny to make fun of I don't know if my internet's fucked or your internet's fucked, but we're paused right now. Rooks. I I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think it's back. It's fixed. Is it me or is it you? No, uh, I froze. I but I'm probably froze on your side. Yeah, you're oh, froze my, on my side, and you're in and out. Yeah, my internet's actually been kind of shitty. So be me this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
oh, you're gone. <laughs> now, or is it still retarded? You're frozen. Um, Fuck. Uh, you might be good now. No, you like you like go in and out. <laughs> God damn it. It's weird. Yep, we're recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we just had a little internet connectivity problem, but um, we were just talking about Shane Gillis and when he did his like, even when he did his joke about like Down syndrome, because he's yeah. talking about his his like uh, niece that has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. But you can tell like it's it's good comedy. It's obviously he's making fun of Down syndrome people in his jokes, but he's doing it like from a place of like love, like he and at it. the expense of himself too. Like that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, he was like, and yeah, I missed it, but it nicked me. Like that joke yeah. was. <laughs> It landed so yeah. good in his special, and there it was just like, oh, I know. <laughs> like it felt I like know. a gut punch. I know, dude. It's just even like if you watch the the band behind them, some of them were laughing, yeah. but some of them looked uncomfortable. And yeah, it's. I mean, he said retard, which was cool. I haven't heard retard on SNL probably in a long time. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I think it's it's just super cool that uh like a, it's kind of it, it alternative it's almost like like mainstream comedy is like we we don't i wouldn't say we like our people that we follow and stuff that we look it up like it's almost like there's the mainstream and there's like the podcast scene yeah and since we're part of the podcast scene like that's who we like follow those comedians yeah and stuff like that and it's so cool <laughs> to watch like i would i mean i'm not it's not like you know, Shane is one of us in a sense no. of like politically or anything, but it's just cool to see someone rise to fame through the internet and become so popular that the mainstream has to be like, okay, we want to be funny and bring someone yeah. on. So. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, so I, uh, speaking of like the alternative podcast comedians, Tim Dillon, um, <laughs> I saw <laughs> we were watching this movie. It's called, we love, my girlfriend loves like the, old school slashers like uh scream and stuff like that well one came out during thanksgiving but it hasn't it hadn't hit anywhere that we could watch and we weren't going to go watch it in the theater to be honest because it's like you know those slasher films they could go one way or the other either they're really good or they're really bad and so there's one that came out during thanksgiving and it's called thanksgiving it actually turned out being pretty good but tim Dillon was in it uh and he was a security guard and it was really funny. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Tim Dillon. Like, that's awesome. Like, he's in this fucking movie. And uh, he's hilarious. like a, a cowardly security guard. Like, there's a it's like a Black Friday event basically is the whole premise of the movie. It's like this Black Friday event. And he's one of the security guards in the front of the store. The store people are getting crazy, getting crazy. This is the beginning of the movie. And when they start rushing to uh break down the window and stuff like that to get into the store he's like fuck this and like runs away <laughs> and then <laughs> he's he's like the second person on the slasher's list to die and it was really oh, funny because he was like because he was a coward but it's it's just funny that it's tim dylan and it's like hell yeah tim dylan got a fucking slasher movie spot you know <laughs> yeah yeah that is funny dude i didn't uh, yeah isn't that is that on netflix yeah, it just came out on Netflix. Okay, I actually, me and my girlfriend saw that, saw that, but we didn't end up watching it. But I was like, that it was might pretty be good. good. I don't know. It was okay. pretty good. It, you know, it had some pretty big names in it. It had uh, the fat dude from Suits. That's uh, really funny. Like the um, 
he always has like a mustache, bald head, kind of a fat guy in in the show suits. Did you watch that? I don't know if you watched it. Uh, I've been watching it. I'm on like season four. Yeah. Right now. So you know, you know the guy that uh, fucking the main guy. I can't remember any of their names right now. I'm having a total blank. But um, there's Mike. uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's Mike, and then Mike's boss, the guy that yeah. hired him. And then the guy that hired him, his like best friend, but also also like his not best friend in the office. Lewis? Um, Lewis. Yeah, he's Lewis. Lewis is like the dad in the movie. And then the main doctor from Grey's Anatomy that everybody like swooned over for years and years and years. He's like the sheriff. Um, He's the sheriff. So they have like pretty big names, but they're all like tv star names you know they're not like movie star names they're tv star names it was a good decent slasher flick i liked it it was it was uh it was pretty good like the deaths were what you want them to be you know they were gruesome and gory and slasher-esque and uh what's her name one of the tiktok stars addison ray she's in it um so that was pretty good okay Okay, I uh, I actually do remember Tim Dillon talking about this that he was in a movie with Addison Ray, and I was like, "What yeah. the fuck kind of movie is yeah. this going to be?" But I didn't, I never like caught up to it and see what it was about. Yeah. I know he when he was like filming his scene, he was kind of talking about it, but it was very hush hush about the details. Yeah. yeah, it was a good 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 slasher flick. I mean, the mask was awesome uh, that the killer wears, and had a good twist at the end, and you're like, "Oh, dope!" Yeah, it was it was everything you wanted from a slasher flick flick um you know but it was it was just funny that and with a guest appearance of tim dillon in in my opinion <laughs> i was like hell yeah but you know it's the, it's kind of the thing you know where we get a little bit excited when we see somebody like that's just podcast like kind of podcast oriented and they're 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 big enough in their podcasts and stuff like that that they're getting asked to do other things and it's like that's dope that's pretty cool to be honest yeah yeah, that's that's that is really cool to watch because it's just like the, you know, it, it's always these people that are kind of outside uh, what I guess we would call the mainstream. And, you know, like they they what their comedy or kind of what they talk yeah. about on their podcast is just not acceptable at all in yeah. any form to them. But yeah. they're so big and influential that they can kind of like sneak in or get by because they're kind of so popular that people actually yeah. want them. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, if you would look at the reaction now from the Shane Gillis SNL episode, I mean, the mainstream media is like Shane Gillis bombed this, that, or the other. And it's like, yeah, it kind of felt like he bombed a little bit while the show was going because the monologue just didn't hit that group of people. And it's like, guess what? He doesn't do jokes for y'all. He does jokes for everybody yeah. else and everybody. That's probably one of the most watched SNL episodes of the last couple of years besides Dave Chappelle. And it's because of the audience that Shane Gillis brought. And that opening monologue was probably hilarious to all of them, except the people that were sitting in that audience because they're SNL fucking retards. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, really, yeah. It's pretty sad because it's just like like we said or, or I said earlier is like it's SNL kind of made Shane Gillis unfunny in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, I know yeah. I've seen his skits. Like he does skits on his own yeah. on his YouTube, and yeah, those dude, skits they're are so hilarious. They're so yeah. good. And I I kind of thought like oh, at least I was hoping that SNL would like 
almost let him write a few skits and maybe yeah. he did and maybe he was just kind of catering it to the that audience yeah. i don't really know what goes on behind the scenes exactly but yeah i think it could have been honestly like if he was better if he was involved in any skit it had to be the hr one <laughs> when he's like so i can ask out laurel one time and then i can bank it <laughs> later on right like like it resets at the end of the year like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it was that's a good that was a good skit um but the rest of the skits they were just kind of cringy uh and i probably didn't finish all of them like i i didn't go through all of them i went through most of them because i wanted to i wanted to see it um but uh the skits were just cringy as fuck for me i was like Ugh, yeah. i don't know can't yeah. do it that's how I felt my back in like, so what was this like? Probably like 2012 ish. My girlfriend in high school at the time, she liked to watch SNL, SNL. but I would, I, and that was like when it was like Tina Fey. Yeah. And, um, I can't remember all their names, but, uh, I mean, I, I think I just honestly didn't get it that much because, you know, I wasn't, into like paying attention to like pop culture or politics even at the time so like i think a lot of the skits went over my head or i just didn't understand what they were referencing yeah but i never yeah I bill hater andy sandberg yeah. but mm -hmm. see even even those guys like they did great outside of snl but a lot of their stuff was the kind of comedy that i didn't really like to be honest like i like their movies and stuff like hot rod was dope um, yeah, I like Andy yeah. Sandberg in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, mm -hmm. But there, a lot of their stuff was like it's kind of like uh, not uh, not Steve Carell. Um, Step Brothers, fucking uh, the other guys. Who's uh, Steve? What's his name? Uh, who's Who's in Step Brothers? It would be Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell. Thank you. Will um, Ferrell. That's who I was talking about more. Yeah, it's like okay. Will Ferrell. Like it's like cringy comedy to me. Like it's like it makes me feel like ugh, I don't like it. So I I didn't watch SNL then either because Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, fucking um Abby Elliott had a decent career. Uh, you know, some of these people, like they were just I couldn't couldn't do it because they were just so awkward. Jay Farrell was dope. Um, who were some of the writers that were big? Uh, it doesn't tell me. But yeah, I don't know. They were just, it was it was like cringy comedy and cringy comedy was really big then. It was, you know, the Step Brothers movies, Hot Rod. Um, what else came out around then? Uh, Anchorman, fucking uh, Talladega Nights. Uh, like yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like big then. It was like that cringe comedy where it's, it's dry, but it's just like a retarded person playing a main character. Like that was the comedy. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like, ugh, I didn't like it. So I didn't watch SNL then either. But like the 2005 era, like I watched that, you know, that was like the yeah, yeah, yeah. SNL that I liked. But it's, it's just funny how it changes the comedy scene. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah. And when, when it started and it was like announcing like all the actors or comedians and uh on there on the show there and i was like i literally don't know like any no. of these people yeah like michael Keenan thompson like michael one. shea and that's it <laughs> yeah, that i don't was, even know the white guy that it. does the weekly update with michael shea don't know his name either and he yeah, announces it, it. Be, <laughs> during every weekend update <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, I didn't. And that's that segment is actually probably the closest to being funny. Old, is their yeah. segment? Yeah, and it's but it's only because like I I think the skit is that Michael Shea writes his lines and then the white guy writes Michael Shea's Michael lines. Shea's lines, yeah. And Michael Shea always gets him like. I haven't seen it in a, I mean, they only did it like one time, but he always tries to get him to like say something kind of racist, like a racist yeah. joke. And the white yeah. guy always gets uncomfortable and that's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. And it's funny. It's funny. That's a good bit. That's a good bit. Yeah. And it's funny. Um, But yeah, I just, I think the SNLs kind of died. It just died. So it was yeah. cool seeing Shane Gillis on there. Um, Enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoyed the monologue, but that was about as much as I could enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, SNL is just, it's just pretty garbage, even if it has someone good on. Yeah, well, um, speaking of people on things, uh, you know, Candace Owens is on Daily Wire, and she's been very vocal about the Israel-Palestinian conflict, and she's been questioning some things about the Jays and everything else, and it's been, it's been super interesting to watch. And I'll, I'll start this with saying that uh, we're going to play a clip, but I'll start this with saying I'm, I'm impressed with Ben Shapiro as much as I dislike the human being that he is. Um, even before the whole Israel Palestine conflict didn't really enjoy Ben Shapiro, <clears throat> but uh, I got to give him credit that Candace Owen has been very outspoken and has done quite a bit questioning thing, quite a bit of questioning Israel and the Jewish community and things like that over this whole time period that everything's popped off. And I got to give credit where credit's due. Ben Shapiro has let her run her show on the daily wire. And it's, I give credit for that. Like that's impressive, especially with the clip that we're about to play because you know, it's uh, it has to do with the Holocaust and what people were doing during uh, World War Two, the Nazis were doing during World War Two. Um, and she talks about the brown shirts a little bit. So I'm going to pull this up real quick. Make sure that we have sound um, optimize. All right. Share. So here's Candace Owens real quick. Quick little minute clip. Do you know which books the Nazis were burning? And I'm asking you this, and I'm telling you why it blew my mind, is because definitely something that we covered extensively, and you will cover extensively throughout the public education system, is the Holocaust, Nazi Germany. It's why so many people, when they're commenting, it seems like the only historical reference they have is, it's just like Hitler, it's they're literally Nazis. So that, that obsession with only referring to that historical aspect is partially because when you're in the public school system, you, you really focus on World War II and the Nazis. So I was shocked that I never learned throughout that schooling that the brown shirts, you know, the, the student activists that went around burning a bunch of books were burning books that they deemed to be Marxist and that they deemed to be overtly sexual. And one of the first and most notorious book burnings was the student-led destruction of the library at the Institute for Sexual Research. That library was founded by a man named Magnus Hirschfeld, and he was the guy who actually first coined the term transsexual. Yeah, yeah. That was, that's what she, uh, she, she went on the Daily Wire and said, um, <laughs> and is still, still has a job there. It's uh, like impressive to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think it's pretty impressive that she's doing that. Like, cause the whole, 
you know, if you try to paint the Nazis, not even as like good people, but just like, hey, there might be a little bit more context to like what why what they were against or context of like what they were like why they did what they did. Now we can like I'm not saying like what they did was right, but you just but like the reasons why they were like, you know, would burn the books. And it's pretty crazy because there was God, I don't remember who it was, but it was a guy that kind of went viral on Twitter because they were burning, they started burning like the the books that are like in public schools today about yeah. like transgender or like kind of weird sexual stuff that they put in public right. schools and he burned them and then well then like a bunch of people pounced on him on twitter because it's like wow you're just like the nazis and like honestly it is <laughs> it is just like the nazis and but it's like oh what what books were they burning and like it's just kind of uh, it's just kind of interesting that she's like pointing this stuff out on like on the Daily Wire, which is co-owned by Ben Shapiro, who's a prominent Orthodox Jew, and probably like besides besides maybe Tucker Carlson is one of the biggest Republican right wing commentators. I would say like him and Tucker might be even or very close to one another, but they're definitely like the top two, and he she's just you know pointing out some things that was going yep. on that kind of it kind of just it's not to say that she's saying the nazis are good but it also kind of just adds context to like what exactly they were against or why they were burning books or whatever and it's right. just kind of funny that like but like you said like i mean i'm not sure i mean maybe there's some something going on behind the scenes where maybe maybe Ben Shapiro's pressuring her but at least none of that seems to have come out so it seems that he's just might not like what she's doing but he is allowing it on his show which yeah is pretty impressive that he's doing that especially like with the like yeah I, I mean we all saw it. I think we even talked about like Ben Shapiro like kind of got like super emotional about yes. the Jan or not January 6th uh October 7th that went down and I mean right. basically it was like I just was just very emotional every episode, like talking about like all the all what's going on and kind of yeah. kind of posting a lot of stories that uh, after a couple weeks or even a month later came out to maybe not be as true as they said it was in the beginning right. about like raping women and burning children and stuff like that. Like a lot of stuff was exaggerated or never never really actually confirmed in any way, and. You know, for I think Candace Owens this whole time has kind of had what would be her same stance that she's had on Ukraine, which is like why it's not that Are she's like in, yeah, why she's not really supporting Russia. She's just like, why do we have to be involved in this? And that's been her kind of criticism of the Israel Gaza thing is like, you know, like I she's not like supporting Hamas. She's just like, why do we have to support Israel? And yeah, it's just kind of it's pretty impressive that she still has a job at daily wire <laughs> and all this. Yeah. And you know, that, that clip is a minute out of her whole podcast. So maybe she goes into more in depth on like other books that were burned, but the new Testament, the old Testament, there was quite a few, uh, un-German 
um, authors that were persecuted under this thing. Like, it's not like they just went after the sexologists and things like that. Crazy that the first one, or like at least the first documented one that we see, if you look up historically, was at this institute. And they went to that specifically for, um, you know, that author that she said, I can't remember his name, but it it's interesting to see that um, what the Germans at that time period, or at least the Nazis at that time period, saw as a problem in their society is similar to what the conservatives see as a problem in our society today. Um, but at the same time, like their government, even Nazis had a lot of the same problems that our government has today too, where it's, uh, you know, the pedophiliac ring, the sacrificing to Moloch and shit like that. Yeah. Nazis were doing that shit too. They were obsessed with fi finding, um, uh, uh, what's it called? artifacts and things like that that were related to either you know demons or god or whatever that they had a whole division in their their um military that was specifically looking for shit like that which is crazy too like that's that's wild and i don't think that gets talked about enough we want to talk about demonic <laughs> some of the shit that they <laughs> there was a lot of shit that the nazis did that were demonic um you know and i don't use that word lightly i always argue with sam about it on five till midnight but uh, there was a lot of demonic shit going on in World War II all all around the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing is like the context of I think the best understanding of like the World War II time is like, I mean, you can paint the Nazis as like the worst people ever, but honestly, like everyone was horrible. The Soviet was Union bad. was like fucking horrible. United States. Yeah was pretty bad too like yeah it's not to say Wouldn't, that all right so i got a question i've i've never looked this up and i probably should before i ask this question but when people refer to the weimar republic is that the nazis or is that before the nazis so that would be the democracy or or like the it, i think it was more of a communist um government that took hold after world war one because they tossed okay. out the monarchy so it's, yeah right the before Weimar the republic came in gotcha. which which i which i believe That's what i thought correct <laughs> was the was communist that seized power in in uh germany um and then but I mean, fucking Hitler rose to power through the Weimar Republic. So it wasn't yeah. like he, he, he like, I mean, I don't exactly know all the details how he did it. But from my understanding, he was he was very popular um, and yeah. won, like, dem dem democratically won the uh, uh, seat the and took power. Yeah. And, then, and then just when he took power, he was like, yeah, I'm going to. I'm not giving this up, but you know. I love when you bring that up and everybody's like, yeah, but he did it with a lot of, you know, paying people off and a lot of, you know, favors and things like that. And it's like, sure, yeah. how does fucking anybody get elected in the United States? <laughs> yeah, like, are you yeah, fucking yeah, kidding yeah. me? We have, we have people getting prosecuted. Oh, that's we get, politics? <laughs> yeah. We have senators, mayors, city council members, presidents getting prosecuted every year for that shit. Like, let's be fucking honest here yeah yeah like well, that's the, that, it's politics that's the, yeah that's the thing to me is like i don't like people will say like the nazis were like this uniquely evil and i just don't think that's true at all i think like that was just like 20th century common like this was case common this was the 20th century it was like two world wars uh genocides happening all over the place like japan and china uh, soviet yeah. union and, and their satellite states uh so it's not like 
I mean, fucking America, like Japan was literally like trying to surrender. They just weren't trying to unconditionally surrender. And then yeah. America's like not good enough, drops two bombs. And yeah. it's like, it's like, okay, dude, but like, I, I sure it's not like a systematic genocide that you want to but they're dropping two nuclear bombs on civilian cities like predominantly yeah. civilian cities this is not like something you should look at as like oh this is fine we're better than the nazis like i don't know <laughs> i don't really know that's a good argument are honestly, we we but... <laughs> we eliminated islands <laughs> we eliminated yeah. islands like come on guys like what do we they had nuclear fallout they ha we have anime now because of that thanks guys like thanks <laughs> we have tentacle porn anime and fucking weird cat girls running around our streets Dropping the nuclear bombs created the OnlyFans market that we have today. Thanks. You guys, you guys did that. Bella Delphine yeah. has a fucking character that everybody subscribes to because of the two nuclear bombs that were dropped on Japan. Yeah. This is what and we created. What's worse? The Holocaust? Bella Delphine. Yeah. I don't know which one. And and the whole time America was support, like basically funding the Soviet Union. They propped them up through massive. Uh, the Lynn, Lynn Release Act, I think that's what it's called, but basically prop, propped up the entire Soviet Union because their system was completely fucking failing. A centralized, you know, organization Planning. was not working yeah. out. Well, it's not working out very well for them. And America supplied them with like a bunch of American corporations went over there and helped industrialize the Soviet Union. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. I'm not, I, I like, I don't know if the if maybe Europe would have been better if the Nazis conquered. I don't really know, but I just think the end result was the Soviet Union ruled over half of Europe for like eighty years, and yeah, I don't know if that's like. Then we went to a Cold War with them for like fifty fucking years, so it's like what. Did, what do we solve here? Like, it's just, uh, I don't know. So well, and you know, it I, created the it created the programs that FDR put in place the 14 point plan and this that or the other and social security yeah. and a lot of the uh military industrial complex beginnings and you know it's like what what really was great about the second great war you know like what the ending of it because we won but did we like we brought over all the nazi fucking scientists yeah. anyways like we um uh, i, I want to watch that that new albert Einstein documentary that's on fucking Netflix because you know I, I feel like we always think that Albert Einstein why well, I mean I knew when I grew up that I felt like our Albert Einstein was like in the 1800s you know I don't know if you felt like that but uh he yeah, was like a I doctor I, in I just World know War he II. was like super um like super uh like prominent scientist but I really had no idea what time period he was like yeah. in at all yeah. honestly and and I I've known now for quite a while that it was like world like before before my senior year of high school i realized that you know he was during the time of you know nazi scientists and things like that um and he was from germany and he like got out of germany but was was he jewish I still forget is that why he fled i don't know i to be honest i don't know um I don't know but there's a new netflix documentary about you know albert einstein and the the Nazis and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I kind of want to watch that. But you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, did we really, did we really win? Did, you know, did we win this? If we look at everything all encompassing and like how it's turned out for the United States and how it's turned out for Europe and how it's turned out for Russia and everybody else. And, you know, like, did, 
did we did it did did Japan was Japan better for two nuclear bombs getting bo- dropped on it and not having a standing military for the last fucking eighty years? Um, I, you know, was <laughs> did China really win after you know the all the rapes and massacres that went on in their country because of Japan? Did anybody really win that war? And I think that's the point that a lot of people, especially in the United States, don't fucking realize. It's like. Look, guys, like this was horrible. The whole thing was horrible. There was no real winners in this fucking war. And especially if you look at it, you take a step back and look at it through that lens. It's like, wow, this is why war is as rough as it is and as fucking should be our very last fucking resort in any kind of conflict. And I feel like in today's day and age, everybody's like, at least especially with the the left now it's like they're the war party and the only time that the neocons have showed back up is for israel which is i guess to be expected but i really was hoping that they they learned their lesson and it seems like they haven't um but it's like this is why war is so bad because a lot of the problems that we have right now is because of you know world war ii and the policies that we put in place and the things that we did during it and the things that we propped up afterwards and it's like, come on, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we didn't learn then. And then we threw Russia, you know, during the cold war, we made them get involved in the middle East and we saw how it destroyed them. And then we decided to do it fucking 30 years later in 2001 to fucking last year, two years ago, like that. We really, we just followed the same path because we thought we were better because of American egoism. Like, come on guys. And it's, and that's when you start realizing like, Oh, maybe it's not American egoism. It's like, we all got to trade off and do our part in the global scale. So uh, all the world leaders all have a plan and this is like part of their fucking plan, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, we're still the ramifications of world war one and world war two are still being felt today. Like the, the Israel Gaza conflict is direct a direct result, result of, of World War One. Um, that's when mm-hmm. the British took over, and then basically Israel, as a Jewish homeland, became under the was under the British control. And then you know that that you know they basically influx a bunch of people. And then World War Two, because you know a guy rose to power in Germany, so a bunch of European Jews were like, "Let's get the fuck out of here," and they fled yep. to Israel. So, yeah. you know, all these, all these issues. And then it, like it, even Hitler leads back to World War One World War because One. if yeah. it's all of his grievances that he complained about were complaints from World War One, and he yeah. complained the, about the resolution of World War One. Yeah. So, you know, going like going to they created a, a country world... of serfs. That's what they did. They created a country of serfs and they thought that it was going to be OK and that these people would never you know, have something to say about it. And then they did. And it created a an atrocity that is horrible. And I'm not just talking about the Holocaust. Creating World War II is one of the biggest atrocities in the world, like ever to happen. I, I think, yeah, I think ever in history, like honestly, yeah. like millions of people died, like ridiculous amounts on a scale yeah. never, probably never seen before in history. Yeah, and we'll be able to see it in the next, you know, like our fucking far off great, 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 great 
grandchildren if we survive that long as a species which i don't fucking know if we will but if we survive that long as a species they'll be able to see it on a global scale by the carbon emissions of that of the years after world war ii they'll be able to be like oh this is when world war ii happened because the carbon emissions of the human population dropped off because so many millions of people died that year like that's how intense it'll be like that's an insane it's like the black plague we can see in carbon dating in plants and uh you know and mostly plants but you can see in carbon dating how the co2 emissions dropped off during the black plague because one third of the human population i think it's one third one third of the human population was gone after that so it was like yeah we'll be able to see that from world war ii and that's insane that's one of the biggest if not the biggest atrocity human-made atrocity of in in the history of humanity yeah i'm i'm pretty sure that uh like the no what is it called like the uh no man's land in world war one there's yeah. so much metal uh in the ground that they still can't plant like life or crops or anything there yeah. still to this day because there's just so much like shards and shrapnel and yeah. shells and bullets and all this shit just still on the ground from just yeah. four years of fighting over like land for like one or two kilometers like it's insane <laughs> yeah i we just rewatched uh or i just rewatched fury and i showed my girlfriend fury because i fucking love that movie it's a great movie um mm -hmm. and i was we were i was just telling her about it and she was like why don't we fight with tanks anymore and i was like because we're not fighting like a military like this anymore we're not fighting conventionally you know we're not can't drive a tank through the middle of <laughs> a city in Afghanistan and half the time we're out in the middle of the desert like it's just it's just completely different how war is fought now and it's kind of like a it's a return and not a return right like guerrilla warfare has always been it's been a thing throughout history but we go through periods of like countries being like no we need to rationalize war and we need to uh, make it a gentleman's agreement type war and things like that and that's usually when countries have their biggest egos is when it's like that but i mean fuck what do you think cavemen and shit were doing they weren't fucking yeah they weren't fighting <laughs> so it's like a return to traditional warfare where tribes and stuff are ambushing each other and this that or the other and that's kind of what we do it's just different gangs ganging up on each other and fighting each other and in in spots that they can i don't know it's just it's just crazy when you think about how horrible world war ii was and how horrible world war one is and the ramifications of the policies that were put in place during both and the ramifications of those following 60 70 80 years later yeah there was i mean over centuries like there was standards that were kind of created for war like you know, trying to minimize civilian death and trying to keep the fighting between the armies and not uh, get civilians like hurt or anything like that. And like, like World War II kind of threw that out the window. Like, yeah, uh, the British were bombing German cities uh, with civilians. Like this yeah. happened before the Germans. Like the United the States just, did too. Yeah, they were, and it's like they're like, oh, like. Britain and the Germans were doing war. it to Britain too. Yeah, it was uh British did it first, and then the Germans were like, okay, well then we're gonna do it to you with our air force. So that just became yeah. this, you know, pot 
pot like shot for shot at each other and then and then, and then like they can like debrid it like churchill was like see look he's a madman he's attacking our cities while he was attacking their civilian cities as well yeah. and it's like okay so well, now the control no of information then is completely yeah. different than the control of information now and i think you know i was talking about uncle ted last night <laughs> but uh <laughs> we were we were talking about uh you know technology is like the downfall of humanity and it's like it's both right it's a double-edged sword where it can be the thing that brings us out and enlightens us and can mm -hmm. you know make us call out the atrocities that we do as human humans or it can be the thing that limits our worldview to wherever the blinders are that they put the blinders on to make you see you know whatever tunnel vision they want you to get you can focus in on that and that's all you see and it's like you really have to play the game and understand it and try to be able to take the blinders off because if you can't then you're only getting you know 10 percent of what's actually happening yeah it's pretty crazy dude actually with the the whole google jim and i thing um with like talking about technology there was a, a guy that had like a really good tweet um i'm sure a lot of you guys already know but like the google jim and i like basically refuse to create historically ac accurate like depictions of oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah like the romans or like a european army it would show like yeah. a black girl like leading the charge or something they would just be like yeah. what the hell this is weird and well like someone had a really good tweet and the guy said that we created ai capable of answering in seconds any question within the bounds of all record uh recorded human knowledge and the first thing we asked it to do was to lie yeah and i was like dude that's pretty deep because it's like i don't know like obviously uh you know the worst thing to, for ai is like terminator level stuff like that would be like yeah. the worst thing to happen right know? and but I, I and i'm not like an expert in any of this stuff but this thing obviously is like uh you know i wouldn't say conscious but it like you have you basically created something that has the ability to like think it has to like problem solve and like you're basically we were using it to tell it to lie about our own history or, or our yeah. own facts and it's pretty like i don't know what that exactly means but i don't think that i don't think it's I don't good know, i don't know if that i don't think it's good <laughs> just gonna yeah. start like making up uh history you know someone pointed out I, I like I guess I never kind of thought about this before, but how much control Google has over like narratives and stuff. Google is the search engine for yeah. any information. Like I I still use Google. Um, I use yeah. other things too now just because I know certain things I look up on Google, I'm not gonna get what I'm looking for. So I have to go to like DuckDuckGo or or something else. Um yeah. but what is what is actually like someone pointed this out, I, I didn't know it was kind of kind of like shocking but if like so people that come to america that don't speak english very well a lot of times use google translate and i can kind of contest to that because in japan google yeah, translate was like very very helpful for trying to navigate the area and, um but if google is trying to push a narrative of something then those people that are coming to america that are having that don't speak english very well they'll use Google Translate, and they basically can depict like what they want those people to see, and yeah, you know, the, a lot of the narrative is like 
very anti-white, uh, yeah. not friendly to white people. So, I mean, we're in a sense, you're importing people and then using a search engine that demonizes white people. And I mean, I don't know if there's like a measurement of the effect of this. I don't know if it's huge yeah, or probably it's not, not that not not that much of an impact, but it is kind of like scary or kind of concerning that now we have an AI system ran by this tech oligarch that is pushing yeah. very, I mean, it's in a sense, it's systematic racism. Like I yeah. know they use that a, a lot for like black people. And, I'm, and that's that, that there's a lot of truth to that in history that that was happening. But like now it's kind of like systematic racism is happening to white people in a sense. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think that it's not a good thing. It, um, for lots of reasons, I think it. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think demonizing the majority population in a country is going to work out very well. I think it's going to like. I kind of tweeted about it earlier, but it's going to make like, if you're tell if the regime who clearly hates me is telling me not to be like being racist or just my being white is like the worst thing ever then I'm going to, it's going to cause people to want to become like the exact opposite of what that is. And that opposite right. is pretty much like a staunch white supremacist racist that is, you know, and it's like, I, that's going to be like blowback. And I think, I think that's what you kind of see online is like that a thing. lot of people is like, and I think that's, I think that I, uh, that's what's happening to like a lot of, I, I'm not, I don't, not saying like all zoomers but there's a certain portion of the zoomer population that's like they're against this culture against this like push and they're be like I, I honestly think this is going to make like this dei woke stuff is going to make people like hateful toward other groups it's going to make them racist I, I think i think it's really going to backfire and i don't know exactly what that's going to look like in the future but i don't think that's for a multicultural nation like we are, I don't think it's going to work out uh, yeah. very well. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's what they want. Yeah. The more yeah, internal maybe. strife, the easier it is to grab power. You know. Yeah, I, I I don't really exactly know what their goals are, but I like I said, I said demon. Like if you can't just demonize the majority population, and they'll just roll over and take it. Like I think Trump is like the first sign that they're like hey we don't we hate you yeah. we don't want this and you know people everyone uh trump's this dictator you know they made him seem like and trump's like you know we say it all the time he's like a 90s democrat from new york yeah you know? like he's normal <laughs> like just a normal yeah. dim from new york in the 90s but i i think trump is what opened up the gates and like exposed as a lot of like the deep state but i i i think like for Democrats, there's something that's going to come next after Trump, and it will probably be worse, worse. in my opinion. Yeah. For I mean, that's what I've been saying, like, for a while. I said the yeah. the opposite, it swings to Biden, you know, and Biden's kind of mm -hmm. like a kind of return to normalcy with how things have been over the last few years, like, or the last, like, 30 years. Like, he's kind of a return to normalcy. And if Trump wins again, I don't see it swinging any further than Trump the first four years, to be honest. But then however far it swings back after Trump is going to determine the level of swing back after that person to the right. And I just don't think that's good for 
anybody, to be honest. I just I just really don't see it as being a good swing back. And and the problem yeah. is, is that we swing back. So like that's the problem with our economy. That's the problem with our our political situation. That's the problem with our society is like we we don't there's not like a. I feel like at a certain stage, you could see that there's a steady movement towards things. You know what I mean? Whether it's like our political system or our societal ideals or um, our military or like everything was kind of like a steady towards this is what we're doing. And then I I honestly believe that a lot of it was, you know, World War One that had like that early 1900s area was and you know i guess you could go back to civil war-esque like civil war time frame too where there was pretty big swinging back and forth yeah, and maybe yeah. that's where that's where it starts is like all right this is where you know the foundation was laid um and then the early 1900s was where we could really see it in full full swing um but after that there was no steady movement of progress there was no steady movement of our economy it was booms or busts and everything was boom or bust at all times like we were either in the we were either in the roaring 20s or we were in the dust bowl we were either uh in uh the dust bowl or we were industrializing for world war ii or you know like it was just a boom boom it's one or the other we're swinging hardcore back and forth between between the two and i think a lot of people feel like the early 20s and 30s and 40s and then the 50s and 60s afterwards wasn't swinging back as much and it's just like our swings were smaller compared to the than what they are now but the pendulum gets stronger and stronger as it goes on and that was where the original ball was dropped to hit the other side to make that ball swing up to drop and hit the other side to hit that ball and it catches more momentum and more momentum off of each one and we're finally hitting the period where it's like all right crash in 2000 for economy and politics and everything else um, quick rise up in 2001, 2002, because we're getting ready for war crash in 2008 uh, and, and everything getting smaller, like the boom and bust cycle is getting smaller for everything. And it's just going to keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. And those swings are just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think we're nearing that point where it's like, you can only swing so far and then the whole thing stops. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, in, in, like I, we've definitely talked about this, but how they just put like with the fed, they just put the pedal to the metal. Like they didn't even like, Oh man, maybe we should slow down and not print as much money and not have as much foreign aid and these massive yeah. welfare programs and all this. And they just, they put the pedal to the metal. I mean, like, in a lot of ways, you can look at like the foreign aid as the like basically foreign countries robbing the American people, just yeah. robbing them straight That's up right in front of us. Yeah. And there's all these influences from Ukraine and all this lobbying that happened like basically to the uh, to the, the beginning of the war. And then all of a sudden they just keep raking in this money. And the same thing with Israel, all these influences and lobbying that happens in 
in DC, and then they just get to rake in all this money and just extract it from the human, uh, not the human, the American population. And it's just like, so, you know, we don't even like the federal government, like in a lot of ways is not even uh, for the American people. It's, it's for the empire now. It's, yeah. it's for foreign governments. It's for um, the rich. It's, it's not like, it's just not uh, doing anything for the, anytime they tr you try to get something through that you can quote unquote, like for Americans, like um, mm -hmm. maybe some border wall funding or, or something that the American people desired. Even, even the left kind of suffers from this. They get a little bit, they'll get like the student loan forgiveness, but it's not the student loan forgiveness they want. They only like certain people get it. And yeah. so it's not exact, like they at least get a little, but most people ain't getting shit. Like, and I don't know, like I, I just don't see this federal government working out very well when it's obvious they, they care more about other countries problems than what's clearly like a, a lot of Americans are suffering and demanding and uh, asking for help or, they want their political issues solved yeah and i don't and I, I just it's almost like so blatant too where it's like you know uh you'll see like uh chuck schumer he gets on tv and talks about how like we have to fund israel this is the most important bill we have to pass is for this funding for israel and ukraine like if we don't do this democracy dies and it's in a sense it's just him saying like I care more about this issue than my own constituents problem. Yeah. Is what absolutely. And, well, and you and know, that's, that's the biggest problem is like, there's what two or three senators that stand up and are like, Hey, why are we funding this? Why are we fun? Mm -hmm. Why are we sending out all this foreign aid? One that I can think of Massey, you know, like, yeah. that's like, like who else is, who else is standing up and being like, why are we giving all this money to foreign of all these foreign countries um because even uh paul like he's he's i don't know actually i can't say that uh i think he's been on the yay side of foreign aid plenty of times before um but he's like why isn't anybody else being like hey why isn't this money going back into our population why are we giving it to everywhere else the only person that i know for sure that has said anything is massey um mm -hmm. and yeah, and he's sure. like that on all foreign aid not just like foreign aid where he thinks foreign aid should go to and it's like if we're if we're responding to you know like in puerto rico when they had like their like they had a the really bad um hurricane and it destroyed all the infrastructure during trump and stuff i'm good with sending humanitarian aid like that that makes sense we can do that as a population especially because they are like a territory or whatever, you know, like that, yeah, that makes United sense. States. Yeah. That makes sense. We do that as a population. We do that all the time as a population. Fuck. I think more money was raised outside of the government structure for the, when that all happened, than the government sending foreign aid. But when it comes to wars in other countries, we're like the United States federal government's like, yep, we're sending all the money. Yeah, all the money, and it's like the the omnibus bills that they passed during COVID and all that other shit. It's like it doesn't make sense that we're sending, you know, a couple million dollars to uh, women's studies in Pakistan or Saudi Arabia or wherever it was. Like that shit doesn't make sense when the American population is like, "Hey, you've kept us out of work for the last eight months. 
and we don't know when work's going to start back up. Like that shit doesn't make sense. And the fact that there's only one senator in Congress that's like, hey, why the fuck are we sending all this foreign aid is um, crazy, to say the least. But yeah, and if that's the case, if there's only one, two senators that are in Congress or wherever, even our presidents aren't sitting there calling it out. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like we're we're basically tax cattle for the the wars in the global empire. Like we have like no say. Like and the American people lose no matter what. Yeah. Like we like whatever conflict or whatever around the world that the regime cares more about than us then that's where our money's going to go and we basically have no say at this point even i mean even if we got like a wave of like got like a couple you know good uh, america first i guess senators or congressmen like even then that's, that's just not enough it's just yeah. not enough how much like, would they actually stop yeah, there's just too many obstacles and mechanisms they can use to force their hand, blackmail, pay them off. Like this just it's just yeah. it's it's like a Leviathan that can't be stopped. Yep. Until uh until it all breaks down. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's what it has to it eventually. Some sort of radical change in American politics, which I don't which could come with a breakdown. So I don't yeah. really know exactly. You know, I'm not going to try to predict. I just yeah, we're bad at that. I don't, yeah, I just will say that I don't know. I don't think it'll go over easy. I think Biden made all four be, years. Typo. Biden. Biden's drinking sure. all four years. I know. Well, dude, we still got a couple couple months left. <laughs> and he's <laughs> so. and he's running again. Apparently, and he's running again. So I I know, dude. I don't. I don't know. I I want to. I I like. I w I'm surprised he made it this far. I want to say that he's not going to end up running again. I but I've been wrong that he made it this far, so he's probably running again. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. But uh, yeah, well, I don't have anything left. I think that's a good place to leave it. You got any final words there, typo? Uh, yeah, just uh, um, I was on. Uh, Lee should mentioned that at the beginning. Yeah, I was on Lee Enfield's podcast. Uh, it's an in-block press. I'm pretty sure it's a paywall, so I don't think it's open to the public yet. I think in a couple months he posted for free. So if once it's uh, free, I'll I'll share it and remind you guys. Um, unless you guys want to subscribe, I think it's like five bucks on his Patreon or something like that. He's and dope. Then, he's dope. We've had him on before. We need to have him on again. Yeah, he's really cool. He's I, I when we had the conversation, he's kind of like was in the same boat as us, where it's like uh, we kind of want a libertarian world, but we also want practical solutions. So it's like <laughs> we're this weird in between where it's like I want to be libertarian, but also don't want to just lay down and die. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, and then this we uh, th yeah, this should come out before so Thursday the 20 uh what is it 29th um i will be on josh smith's podcast um i'll share that as well and i'm yeah. pretty sure that goes live live on yeah YouTube. i'm pretty sure yeah. so. i think it's on rumble now to be honest i think he does it on oh. rumble 
Okay. Well, whatever, whatever it's on, just keep an eye on my Twitter. I'll share it and stuff so you guys yeah. can check it out if you want. But uh, yeah. no, that's that's all I got. Cool. All right. Well, that's the fucking shit show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. My dog just woke up because I've tr apparently trained her that when she hears that's the shit show, it's time that I'm done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she just like she was passed the fuck out and she was like, Whoop. oh, that's yeah. the shit show. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We're, uh, we'll be on next week. Maybe we'll have a guest for you. Maybe not. We'll see if we can, uh, line somebody up. Maybe we can see if we can line up Lee or somebody like that, but check us out on five till midnight and that's it. We out.